Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year. pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. Are you ready to jump into the message this morning? Hallelujah. This is our second week of January of 2022. Just want to welcome all of our online audience because you realize our church is continuing to grow. We've got more people tuning in than ever before. And so welcome for those of you that are joining us on our online uh, church service as well. Amen. And so this is week number two. And the, the title of our message is simply this, Fill Her Up. And so listen, we might as well start the year being full rather than depleted. And so one of the reasons that we start this year kind of hitting this off on this uh, uh, leg, if you will, is because we always start the first part of the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so you say, well, what is that? Is that just something to be religious and do? No, we realize that, again, when you start the first part of the year, it sets the course for the entire year. So if your purpose is to set time aside for God, you will find that he begins to minister to you. He'll begin to speak to you, give you direction. And so again, we just encourage you. Now you, you recall that when it comes to fasting, fasting is not, or prayer and fasting, is not just about taking something away from your life. God was never, never has he ever said, I want to remove from you to deprive you. Now, our time of prayer and fasting is merely adding something to our lives. The part where you remove something is like, uh, uh, again, where maybe you uh, spend four hours at night watching TV and you say, you know what, I'm going to take one of those hours and I'm going to spend time with God. And so, therefore, what you're doing is you're adding something to your life. Maybe when it comes to the, the food side, maybe you say, you know what, uh, I, I'm not going to fast everything that I eat and just not eat for 21 days. But you know what? There's going to be a lunch or a breakfast or a, a, a dinner that I'm just going to purpose that during that time, rather than eating, I'm going to tell my flesh, be quiet. You'll be okay without a meal. You haven't missed one in a long time and it shows on you. I mean, <laughs> I, I haven't missed very many meals myself and you could tell, right? So it's not going to hurt me to say, you know what, I'm going to skip dinner tonight. But while I'm skipping dinner and telling my flesh to be quiet... I'm going to go spend time with God. And it's when I quiet this flesh, man, that I begin to hear and draw close to God. And that's what he's desiring. He wants us to be full and to get filled. Amen. 
And so I don't know if you're old enough, many of you are. If you remember back in the day, you'll see all these pumps up here, these gas pumps. And we're going to talk more about those in the weeks ahead. There's uh, just some foundational things that we're going to address today. But if you remember back in the day, there was that time where you would drive up to the gas station, drive across that little uh, rubber hose, and you'd hear the little ding-ding over in the service station, and the tenant would come out and say, what do you need? And you say, fill her up, right? And so uh, if you... If you know anything about God, God is wanting to fill your cup. But God's full is different than your full. It's not just filling it up to the brim. God says that your cup, or I fill your cup, and it will run over. So God's full is different than your full. He likes it to see you not just being filled to the brim, but His full is when it starts spilling over. Amen. Well, why is that necessary, or why is that beneficial to you and to God. Because when it spills over, it's not something that's just internal. It becomes external. Amen. Have you ever spilt your coffee before? Sure. I remember one time I was with uh, Reverend Marty Blackwelder. We were heading up to TCT. There was a Christian television station. We were doing a TV program together, and we stopped off at Starbucks. And if you've ever gotten a Starbucks coffee, and they got the lid, and they put the... The set part right on the seam. Have you ever done that? Well, right there on the seam, if you don't turn it, uh, it will spill out of that seam. And so, Brother Marty, he was uh, getting ready to have his coffee, and he started to turn it up, and it spilt all over the front of him. And I'm like, oh, dear God, man, I felt so bad for him. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm so glad that wasn't me. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, my goodness, I got coffee all over the front of me. And that was back in the day when we wore a suit and tie, you know, so you could really see the coffee. And so I go to take a sip of my coffee, and the same thing happens. So what happens when it spills over on you? How many of you know that you're on national television and everybody can see you had an accident, right? And so that's why God wants you to not just be filled, but filled to running over. Because when it runs over, when it spills over, then those around about you can say, Ha ha ha! It got on you, didn't it? It's like, yeah, I'm about ready to get on you too. <laughs> Amen! Why? Because there's more than just filling your, your cup. It's running over. Amen? And so we're going to stir you up to be filled. And as I said last week, uh, this year we're hitting this more aggressive than we ever have before. Because we're talking about being filled with God's Spirit. And something really, in, uh, really specific in regards to this. But let's kind of review for just a moment, if you will. In John chapter 10, starting in verse 10. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. It says it this way. It says, The thief comes only in order to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came that they might have life and enjoy life. And it says, And to have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So Jesus said that the reason that I came was not just so that you can have eternal life. Isn't it great that we can sing about, oh, that one day when I get there, will I praise you? Will I fall to my face? One day I'll get there and what will I do? Well, I can tell you what you will do. You'll do the same thing you did here on this earth. Because he wants you to experience him on this earth, not just waiting to get there. He wants you to experience heaven on earth. An overflow, an abundance of this life. He wants you to experience all that he has, not just salvation to get to heaven, but life in abundance on this earth. He says in quality and in quantity. 
So I want to ask you a question. I want you to just take some evaluation that you've maybe observed over this, this last year. Have you enjoyed this last year? Have you enjoyed life? Have you enjoyed it uh, in abundance? Have you enjoyed it to the point that it has overflown in your life? Or have you just been scratching by this last year? Did you come into 2022 and say, well, I hope that this year's better than last year? Well, if that's your attitude, then my question is, is why haven't you been experiencing what God said, what Jesus said was available? In fact, maybe your life has been looking something like this. Maybe you've been experiencing a lot of sickness, a lot of poverty or lack, maybe depression, fear, anxiety, loneliness. If that's the case, then you have not been experiencing everything that Jesus said he came to give. Now, sometimes we ponder off and say, well, you know, sometimes God does this and does that. You know, sometimes God wants this person to enjoy life more abundantly, and I'm just one of the have-nots. There are the haves and the have-nots, and I'm just one of the have-nots. There's no scripture in the Bible that qualifies that statement. What it comes down to is one of two things. Number one, it comes down to the lack of knowledge. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly till it overflows. So if I'm not experiencing it, then it must mean that I don't know exactly what's available to me. Or the second thing is, is number one, the lack of knowledge. Number two is knowledge not acted upon. So in other words, you can hear all day long, well, I heard pastors say that, you know, he wants us to experience life until it overflows in abundance. But I'm just not experiencing that. Well, why not? Well, you know. We'll just wait and see if it comes. Well, if you just wait and see, it'll never come. I mean, it might come to the person next to you. And you're like, what? <laughs> must be nice. No, man, I'm in the same blessing line. If there's something going on that's good, next! I'm in the same blessing line because he said, if it's for one, it's for me as well. Amen? So once again, God wants us to experience this life. If we're not experiencing this life to the full, if we're running on empty, if we're depleted, then there's some knowledge that we don't have or there's knowledge that we're not acting upon. And so hopefully you'll have some knowledge and some things that you can stir up this morning. If you recall in John chapter 16, verse 7, it says this. And again, this reviewing from what we shared last week. He says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. He says, it is to your advantage. Say it with me. Jesus said, it's to my advantage. All right. Now, you ought to pay attention, perk up, listen good, write it down, highlight it, underline it, put it on the refrigerator. Jesus is saying something right now that he is saying it is to my advantage. He goes on to say, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, and he's speaking of the Holy Spirit, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. So he said this life as a believer. He said for you to experience life and life more abundantly is contingent upon you receiving the Holy Spirit. There is an advantage that is available to you and it comes upon or comes when you receive the Holy Spirit. 
The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our helper, our comforter, our teacher. He will guide us or direct us in all truth. So the Holy Spirit is an advantage to those that know how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, there is a couple different applications that we looked at last week. And let's review once again in Acts chapter 1 starting in verse 4, 5, and 8. And for the sake of time, you can turn there or you can listen to last week's message. But I pull no punches when we talk about this. This is one of those subjects where as we start to talk about these things, we're trying to be careful because there's all kinds of people from different backgrounds and different belief systems and different denominations. But let's just not sugarcoat it. Let's just say what it is. Let's put it out there and let's say what Jesus says. Jesus said, I give you a command. He didn't say this is a suggestion. He didn't say this is something that you can ponder and uh, choose whether or not you want to receive or not. He says, I give you a command. He says, go and wait for the promise. And he said, and you'll be filled or you'll receive the Holy Spirit. Now, if you recall, in that conversation, there were 500 disciples that were there. Not just the 12, 500 of them. But only 120 went to receive the promise. Isn't it interesting that even back then... See, I know what you'll say. You say, well, if Jesus showed up and told me, if Jesus said, I need this face-to-face, I would get it because you know what? Jesus said so. No, we see right here there was 500, but only 120 says, okay, I'm going to listen to what Jesus said. I, I, I took heed to the command that he gave. And so, does it stand to reason that there are so many within the body of Christ that don't think that this is necessary or this advantage is necessary for their life? They just merely see it as optional or you know what, that's good for some, but I don't have need of it. He says, go and receive the promise. Then in Acts chapter 2, it says, while they were assembled together, the promise showed up. It says, the place where they were assembled was shaken It says there was a mighty sound of rushing wind. It says, and then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the interesting thing about this is, is because just a couple chapters before in John's gospel, Jesus breathed on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Theologians tell us that that was the born again experience. So not only did they receive or did the Holy Spirit come in them once they received Christ or received salvation, Jesus said there's something even more to this filling of the Holy Spirit that is to your advantage. And he says, now, go and receive. They went, they waited, and the promise showed up. But here was the evidence that they were filled. The Bible says that they began to speak with other tongues. Oh, dear God, is that where you were going with this whole thing, Pastor? Talking about that tongue stuff? Absolutely. It's in the Bible. Jesus said, go and wait and be filled with the promise. Because it's to your advantage. Come on, somebody. Listen, if Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit when you're born again. But he also says, there's something else. And he says it's to your advantage. How do you think you can receive the full advantage but only receive half of what he said is available? Amen. I want it all. 
Don't you want all that God has available? Because he said there is a life of abundance and overflow that is available. Not just when you get there, oh, praise the Lord, when I see your face, I'll fall down on my knees. No, I'm falling on my knees now and saying, fill me up. Give it to me, God. Amen. Because there's more available. So, once again, a couple of questions that we must answer. How do I know that I received the Holy Spirit? Or when did I receive the Holy Spirit? Well, if you've confessed Jesus as Lord, then He's came in and filled you or taken up residence within you. The Holy Spirit is on the inside. But then once again, you say, well, then how do I know that I've been filled or baptized with the Spirit, as Jesus said in Acts chapter 2? Well, not only have you been filled, you've got to first be born again. But secondly, he says, there's evidence of you being filled. What's the evidence? He says, your language will change. He says, I'll give you a spiritual language. Now, once again, this is where so many struggle because they don't know what the benefits are. Why would I want this? Why would I need it? But now, once again, if you recall, the Bible says that when I receive the fullness of all that he made available, then I can take full advantage of the helper, the comforter, the teacher, the one that will show me things to come. John, Jesus said this in John's gospel. Listen to this. He says, he, uh, again, Jesus speaking, he says, the Holy Spirit, he will honor me. He will take from me and deliver it to you. Everything the Father has is also mine. That is why I have said, he, the Holy Spirit, takes from me and delivers it to you. Oh, so that must mean that there's a whole lot to the package that Jesus said was available. And Jesus said, all that the Father has belongs to me. But when you get filled, I fill you with everything that is mine. No wonder I've got an advantage. Because I'm filled with him. I'm filled with the helper. I'm filled with the one that shows me things to come. I'm filled with the counselor and the comforter. Come on, are you feeling lonely, depressed, feeling anxious, full of fear this year? Then there is an advantage that you're not taking part of. And it's available. It's just, God, fill me. My tank is empty. I need to receive. Can somebody say amen? All right, now I'm going to take just a, a sidestep here. Because once again, this is one of those things that so many people think, well, I know some do. It's never been something that I've desired. It's not something that I've saw as a benefit in my life. But I want to bring your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you recall the Apostle Paul, first of all, he said this. He said, you know, when it comes to this praying in the Spirit... He says, I pray in the Spirit more than you all. And he says, and I wish that you all did as well. But in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, he says, now listen. He says, there's other things that are available to you. He says, you know, there's working of miracles. There's gifts of healing. There's prophecy. There's discerning of spirits. He says, there's even an endowment of special faith. He says there's tongues and interpretation of tongues. He says all these things are available to you, the body of Christ. And then he goes on to say, earnestly desire the best gifts. Did you hear what he said? Earnestly desire. 
In other words, hunger for them. You know, if we were to ask today, if we were just taking inventory of church as a whole, and you could say GVC as well, but if I was to ask the question, what gift do you have? Or what gift have you used recently? Most people would say, um, <laughs> none. I didn't really realize that there was anything available to me. Right? So there's no expectation within the body of Christ to really receive anything from God. But Paul said, earnestly hunger, desire these things because they're available to you. And they're supernatural tools that God has made available to us, His people. Amen. And you might get squirrely about that. Oh, you're talking about the supernatural things. Listen, you can live this life as a mere human being, living naturally and carnally all the days of your life, and go home to be with heaven, or be in heaven. Or you can experience an abundant life here on this earth and experience the fullness of all that Jesus made available. Amen. Now, again, when I say supernatural, let me just qualify that so that you can understand that we make it a little bit more spooky than it is. Do you realize that the Word of God is not just a book? It is the voice of God speaking to you. So this book is not just a natural book, it is supernatural. And if you'll avail yourself to the Word of God, you'll find that God begins to speak to you and you become acquainted with His voice. Why? Because the book is supernatural. It's got the Spirit of God upon it and it will change your life. It's the only way by which you can have faith. It's the only way by which you can go to heaven and receive Christ is by hearing the gospel, which is in this book. It is supernatural. Amen? Well, what about, the, uh, uh, what, what about salvation itself? Salvation itself is supernatural. None of us have the ability to save ourselves from sin. No, it took a supernatural work. God sending His Son... Going to the cross, raised from the dead. It was a supernatural work. And therefore, the only way that you can go to heaven is by a supernatural work. Are you here this morning? What about when it comes to uh, uh, the name of Jesus? The Bible says that the name of Jesus is not just any other name. The name of Jesus is a supernatural name that at the very mention of that name, the devil quakes and bows to the authority of the name of Jesus. Amen. But see, you can just go around and say, well, you know, there are those seven sons of Sceva. You remember that? Those that tried to cast them out in the name of Jesus, the one in whom Paul preaches, come out. And the demon says, well, Paul, Jesus, I know, Paul, we've heard about, but who are you? You see, you can say the name, and the name has no power in it until you're filled with an understanding of the supernatural power that's attached to the name. And then therefore, you speak the name with authority and power and conviction. In Jesus' name, sickness, you have to bow. Amen. Or when it comes to the blood of Jesus, the Bible says if we have faith in the blood, think, oh, the blood... Christianity is so gruesome and gross. And oh, they talk about the blood. No, if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, it is supernatural. And the blood of Jesus has power. 
And it has never lost its power. Amen? So are you understanding that it is so important for us to be filled? Now, when it comes to being filled, God in His wisdom gave us a spiritual language that bypasses our brain. Why is that significant? Because if you stay in your brain or in your head or in your thoughts, you'll stay depressed. You'll stay anxious. You'll stay full of fear. You'll stay on the skirts and the sidelines of what God wants to do because you'll justify and qualify and try to figure out a way as to why that's not available or why it doesn't belong to you or why you can't partake of it or whatever it might be. Amen. He says, I want to bypass your brain. And how many of you know that it has been your brain that has got you in the biggest trouble? I mean, people don't come to church because, well, you know, I just, God's mad at me. He's not mad at you. He loves you. I might be mad at you, but he... <laughs> no, he loves you. Amen. He's not mad. And you might say, well, yeah, but I just, you know, I have, I've not come to church for the longest time. Well, you realize that God's not saying there, well, it's about time, dummy. What'd you show up for? You know, 2021, you know, you stayed home, you fed your fat flesh, and you just now want to come to church in 2021? You think I'm going to give anything? No, that's not God. You come walking in the door, the angels stand to attention. <gasps> Wayne, Wayne came to church today. Heidi came to, oh, come on, Carl. Woo! Heaven rejoices. God's not up there with a crossed arm like ah, about time. No, he's like, oh, they came today. And the Bible says that God rejoices over you. He actually gets up off the throne, and the Bible says he dances a jig. Well, he came to church today. He elbows Jesus. Jesus, did you see that? Dee showed up to church today. Amen. That's his heart. That's his desire. And so once again, to receive the benefits, we have to understand what is available to us. And so once again, when it comes to being filled with the Spirit, this gift that Jesus has gave to the church with a spiritual language, it bypasses the brain. Let me give you a couple examples of that. Reverend Jerry Seville, if you know who he is, he's been a minister for several decades. I think last year or the year before, he went in to have just a physical, and the doctor said that in his neck, he had like 90% blockage in one of his arteries. So he said, the doctor said, well, why don't you schedule an appointment, come on in, and we'll do the router router thing, you know, and get that cleared out. And he said, you know, it's just kind of the standard thing. We do this all the time. No problems. We'll have you out the same day. So he went in, and as they started to clean out the artery, part of the blockage broke off, went to his brain, and he had a massive stroke. So he's in the hospital, paralyzed on one side of his body, and the only English word that he can say is yes. He can't articulate words in English. But now, one of his ministry partners is Kenneth Copeland. Well, Kenneth Copeland comes to the hospital... And just begins to minister to him. Ask him some questions. And Jerry Seville says, yes. How you doing? Yes. You want anything to eat? Yes. Because all he can say is yes. 
So as they started to minister to him, they began to pray in the spirit or pray in their spirit language. Immediately, Reverend Jerry Seville started praying in other tongues, fluently without pause. And you might say, well, how did that happen? The reason being is because the stroke affected the brain where the speech center is, where you speak natural words. But the Bible says, the Apostle Paul says, when I speak with an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. <laughs> so when he began to pray, it wasn't coming from his brain, it was coming from his spirit, and he could pray fluently. But the moment that they started stop praying, they asked him a question. Yes. Why are you getting this? Now, again, another example as to show how God uses us to bypass the brain. Why is that significant? Because your brain will get you in trouble. Your brain will argue against the Word of God. But when you stay full, it will come into agreement with God's promises. So there was a test that was done, a study. that They wanted to research this whole speaking in other tongues or praying in the Spirit business. And so they brought in a Buddhist, they brought in a Hindu, they brought in a person that was spirit-filled, and they said, hey, here's what we want to do. We want to read your brain and put all these little electrodes on your brain, and we just want to study you when you pray. So they started to uh, uh, do the, the, the research, and they said, okay, go ahead and just start praying in English or your native tongue. So they began to pray, and on all the persons that were there to do the research, the speaking part of the brain on the computer was firing and it was lit up on the screen because they were praying in natural words. Then in the midst of it, they said to the person that was spirit-filled, they said, now you begin to pray in your spirit language and we want to see what happens. Remember, when they were praying in English, all of them, the speech center of the brain was lighted up. The moment that the spirit-filled person began to pray in their spirit language, the brain went dark. Why? Because when you're filled with the spirit, you don't pray from your brain. As Paul says, I pray from my spirit. My spirit prays. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that that is to your advantage? That in the midst of dire circumstances, when my brain and my thoughts are running crazy, dear God, how will this ever be? God, don't you know? God, please! You can have peace by praying from your spirit. Now you may say, I don't know if I agree with all that. Listen, we were just with some friends down in Tennessee this past week, and we never knew this story, but she was sharing this story. She said her mother-in-law was coming to the church or something, but they, uh, uh, she got in a severe car accident, got thrown out of the vehicle. The mother was laying on the, uh, uh, the, the road, the asphalt in the intersection. Her brains were spread across the road. They pronounced her dead. They picked her up, put her in the body bag, scooped up her brains, put it in the bag, and took her to the morgue. Well, they got the news that mom got into a bad car accident. Immediately, they went to praying in the spirit. Well, at the morgue, somebody happened to be walking by the body bag. Notice that there was some movement in the body bag. So, well, you know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes there's just some re reaction after the body is kind of going through its process. 
But listen, the body bag didn't stop moving. <laughs> Come on. Something happened inside the body bag. Somehow the brain was restored. And the mama is alive today, fully healthy and whole. Praise God, because we serve a God that does exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Come on, I'm talking about an abundant life knowing that this life is not subject just to the natural world. God wants us to experience a life and life more abundantly. Come on, is this helping somebody? Amen. Now, once again, I realize that this whole conversation about praying in the Spirit is a challenge to some because it's something that is unfamiliar to many or just it's something that you've never experienced before. Why? Because it's supernatural. But now listen, do you realize that most everything in life is revolved around communication? Now for some of you, you might be extremely proficient with computers. Now my mom and dad, they don't like them. They, they, they just stayed away from them. Didn't want nothing to do with them. Well finally they got an iPad. And you know what? They're sending emails. They're surfing on the web. They're checking out YouTube videos, learning how to golf, and whatever else that's on there. They, they, they allowed themselves to learn. But do you realize that when it comes to computers, computers is nothing more than a vocabulary of ones and zeros? But yet, we partake of it even though we don't understand the language. Now, Matt in the back there, he understands it a little bit. He can write code. And so when he writes code, like maybe it's the website, well, he can tell the code of the ones and the zeros that when somebody clicks on the donation button, they can give of a tithe and offering. Well, he wrote the language, and therefore, it has an action. But see, we don't have to understand all the whys and the whats. We just know that there is a conversation or a language that makes it work. Amen. So you don't have to get in your head and say, well, I don't know, can't figure it out, don't know how that happens. No, it's just a matter of saying, well, God, you said it's available, therefore I want the advantage. Amen. You know, not everybody is a lawyer, right? Not everybody is a doctor. There are some that have given themselves to the practice of lawyering or law or to medicine or being a doctor. And there is a vocabulary all their own. Well, I'm just a simple boy. I mean, about much as I know is give me some aspirin. I don't know much else. But there is a language that doctors know. Why? Because they've given themselves to the practice of it. When you give yourself to the practice of being full, you will become proficient in being able to pray in a spirit language. And it will be easy for you, okay? Amen. So say it with me. Say, fill her up. All right, now again, we're running short on time, and so I'm going to talk fast, so listen quick, all right? All right, so in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, once again, he says, you'll be filled. Be filled with the Spirit, and there will be a corresponding action that takes place, and it will show up in the form of you speaking or praying in a prayer language. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, notice what it says here. He says, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. He says, but be filled with the Spirit. He says, now, be filled with the Spirit. Now, there's something interesting about this because he's talking about being full, having the ability to pray with other tongues. But the context of the Greek word filled means to be being 
filled or continually be filled. Now, why in the world would Jesus or why would God say, stay full? Because you leak. You can get depleted. And you know what I'm talking about. There have been times, now I'm going to tell on my wife. There have been times when she is so sweet to me. And I can say, man, I can tell she's full of God. And there are other times I'm like, you are on empty, woman. Because you ain't treating. No, I'm picking on her because that would be more like me. When I'm full, it's real easy to be nice and sweet and peachy and all those good things. But when I'm on empty, oh, I'm a lot of flesh. I'm a lot of just me. And therefore, my response, my attitude, my temperament, my, uh, my thoughts, whatever, my conversations, it might look different. And so he says, stay full or continually be filled because you leak. Now, listen to what the actual translation of that word filled also means. Now listen, remember Jesus said in John 10, 10, he says, I've come that you might have life in abundance to the full Till it overflows. All right, now listen to this. In regards to Ephesians 5, verse 18, he says, Don't be drunk with wine. He says, But be filled or continually filled with the Spirit. It means this to make full, cause to abound, furnish or supply liberally, nothing shall be wanting. Whoo! It sounds like a whole lot of abundant life that only comes by being filled. And then it also goes on to say this, it brings to a realization. Or in other words, it makes Jesus real. Remember last week I said that when you're filled with the Spirit, you'll be witnesses. Well, how are you going to be a witness? You only witness to the things that you love. You give me five minutes of being around you, I'll find out what you love. You show me your checkbook, I'll show you what you love. You mean Jesus shows up in my checkbook? (laughs) Yes, he does. Amen. You doing all right? He says you'll have a realization, or in other words, Jesus will become real to you when you stay full. Are you doing okay? Amen. All right. So, In being full, let me just again take another side step here. If I were just to merely say to you, uh, just invite somebody up. I say, hey, you know, uh, Wayne, I won't do this to Wayne. But I say, hey, Wayne, come on up here. And I say, you know, hey, Wayne, just tell me about yourself. Where are you from? Well, Wayne could proceed to tell me. I mean, with it being unplanned, he could come up here and just say, well, you know, this is where I'm from. Well, tell me about your kids. Well, here's my kids. Hey, thanks. And see, he could share with me what is familiar to him. And even though it was unscripted, and Wayne may even say, I don't like talking in front of people, but he could come up here and he could share what his experiences are concerning his life. But now if I just randomly said, hey, so-and-so, come on up here. And you're like, okay, I don't know what pastor wants, but I'm going to come up here. And I almost say, hey, listen, I want you in front of everybody. Share with everybody your favorite scripture. Just quote it for us, will you? You'd probably have deer in the headlight look. Like, what, what? Just your favorite scripture. The one that just really stands out to you. One that you're exercising your faith on right now. What is the scriptures that you're standing on right now? Most people would say, um, D. 
default for God to love the world, <laughs> right? Very few people are fluent or having a fresh revelation of the word. Or let's just say I closed out the service and I said, hey, listen, I want to invite so-and-so up here and so so-and-so comes up and I say, so-and-so, listen, just close us out with a word of prayer this morning. And once again, people are like, uh, 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 what? You, you, you want me to pray? Well, prayer is nothing more than conversation with God. Amen. And if you can't pray a prayer in front of people, then my question is, is, are you spending much time fellowshipping with them on your own? Because prayer is just conversation. Now, again, I, I, I understand that sometimes when you get on the, under the, the light of the spotlight, you know, you get kind of stressed. I get that, but you get the point. So when you're full or have a realization of who God is, I'm not caught off guard because he's real to me. Tell me about Jesus. Oh, I've been waiting for you to ask. Oh, what's your favorite scripture? Oh, man, I'm telling you what, this scripture's been burning in my heart. Woo-hoo! Man, it has been lighting me up, keeping me up at night because, man, God is so amazing. Right? Why? Because being filled makes God real. Amen. <laughs> all right. I was going to go somewhere, but we'll, for the sake of time, we'll just leave you alone. All right? We'll mess with you next week. All right. Now, I, I'm running short on time here, so I'm just going to conclude with this point here, and then we'll pick up next week. Is that all right? All right. So, in regards to being filled with the Spirit, there's so much concern about this. What does it look like? How do I get it? How do I receive? Well, so let's just address that real quick. Number one, Jesus said, I give you a command. Go wait for the promise. Receive it because it's to your advantage. Well, first of all, when it comes to the how, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The, ge the, the Holy Spirit will not cause you to be fearful. He will not scare you. He will not intimidate you, nor will he force himself on you. If you're saying, yeah, if it's God, he's going to have to do it because I'm surely not going to do it. He'll never do it because he's not going to force his will on you. You have to have an earnest desire. So the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. We must desire it. Secondly, you must ask for it. He's not going to make you have anything or give you something that you don't ask for. When it comes to salvation, did he make you receive him? No, he waited until you asked him. So to be filled or to be full, you have to ask to receive. Next, you have to be yielded or yield to the Holy Spirit. So what that means is I have to simply say, okay, God, I'm willing. Help me. Now, when it comes to this side of yielding, sometimes it can be uncomfortable. Because it's something that we've never done before. And I understand that, and so does he. But now, let me just kind of put this on you from the other side. Because once again, that uncomfortableness that sometimes we wrestle with is what causes us to back up. But if you don't go to church on a regular basis, how many of you know that church will be uncomfortable for you? It just will. 
Because you'll come around and you'll start thinking, well, man, people are looking at me. They're judging me. They're thinking, where have I been? They'll be, you know, I don't know anybody or I just feel the condemnation because, you know what, I haven't been here in a long time and so, you know, God's just upset with me. So you realize that just the habit or the practice of going to church can be uncomfortable and it's not based upon God making it uncomfortable. It's just because it's not been something that you've yielded to, right? What about when it comes to praise and worship? The Bible says to, to come together in hymns and psalms and spiritual songs, uh, uh, making a joyful noise, giving thanks unto the Lord. Listen, when you're full, there's something that just comes out of you, and it's a joyous expression. But how many of you know that when it comes to praise and worship, sometimes that can be uncomfortable? I don't like to sing in church. Well, it's not about what you like. It's about what God likes. He says, make a joyful noise. Well, I don't sing good. Well, good. He likes noise too. Amen. But you realize that if you don't practice it, worshiping is not something that is necessarily comfortable. Then you have the preacher say, okay, everybody, let's lift our hands. Let's worship the Lord. Lift my hands. Are you crazy? You're getting wild and just, you're getting one of those Jesus freaks, man. They're asking us to raise our hands. Praise the Lord. Listen, how many of you know that's uncomfortable if you've never done it before? But if you yield yourself to say, okay, God, I'm going to lift up holy hands because you like it before you know it. Woo-hoo, praise the Lord. You might find you lift your hands up, and when I lift up, God pours out. You're like, whoa, did you experience that? Wow, the moment I yielded myself, God just whew, made himself real. So are you understanding that this whole life of being a Christian there are uncomfortable circumstances because we're not necessarily familiar with it. How many people have you talked to and they'll say, I don't like reading my Bible because I just don't understand. And so they just don't do nothing. Okay, I'm almost done. The timers are going off. All right, I get it. I got it. All right. <laughs> but the more you read your Bible, the more it makes sense and the more revelation that comes because I yield myself to it. Amen? So the last thing that I'll share, and I'll close with this. Oh, why don't you all stand? To receive, it's just merely yielding to Him. I realize that our backgrounds oftentimes have told us things that are contrary. It's not for today. It's not real. It's of the devil. It's for some, but not for others. When I was in Bible school, I had the opportunity to go to the Philippines, and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I've heard of all kinds of stories of your supernatural works, but I don't want to tell other people's stories. I want my own. And so, God, I want to see your hand move in a supernatural way while I'm here. And so while I was in the Philippines, I had the opportunity to go to a prison. And in the courtyard of the prison, there was a canopy, and there was 52 inmates that came under this little pavilion in the courtyard. I think there were two or three guards that were there watching, and then there was the team of students and leaders and translators that were with us. So I got picked to preach the message. And so I just preached salvation. I preached Jesus crucified and raised from the dead. And as I gave the salvation invitation, there were 13 inmates that raised their hands to receive Christ. 
And then I proceeded. Now, again, I'm speaking through a translator. They speak, speak Filipino. I started to move on to say, you know what? There is a, another filling. If you just received Christ, the Holy Spirit came on the inside. But there is a, another filling that God wants you to experience. And it's the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And immediately my translator says, hey, wait a minute. We've never, we've never told them about this yet. I'm like, well, we let the cat out of the bag, so we might as well keep on going. So they have never heard the message of being filled with the Spirit. They've never been indoctrinated to tell them that it's not available, or that it's for some, or God don't do that today. I merely preach the Word, the supernatural Word of God that is filled with the breath of the Holy Spirit. And I said, this is what He said is available. I said, if you want this, come up and we're going to pray for you and you will be filled. All 52 inmates came forward to receive. Now, I don't speak Filipino. If I said, start praying and they're speaking Filipino, I could think, well, you know what? They got it because I don't speak Filipino. So I said to my translator, I'm going to pray. I'm going to lay hands on them. And I said, when they start speaking or praying in other tongues, you nod at me. And so, one by one, and it was just a matter of this 15, 20 seconds, in the name of Jesus, received the Holy Spirit. I looked at my translator, he's like, yep. Went over to the next one. In the name of Jesus, received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Looked to my translator, there, there they go. And we did that for all 52, and the prison guards got filled with the Spirit. Wow. Woo, praise God. If you want to live a life that is full and to the abundance that Jesus said is available, then just fill her up. Pull up to the tank. Top it off, but let it overflow. This is your year. Don't miss out on the fullness of God. And once again, you might be sitting back saying, I don't know. Just keep coming back around. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will get on His Word to the point where you'll see the light and you'll say, man, I'm hungry for God. I want that. Amen? Because next week we're going to pull up to, the, up to the tank. And we're going to see everything that is available by being filled. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to come together. We thank you that you're faithful to your word. God, we thank you that you don't want us to miss out on any good thing. So we thank you from this day forward, we will stay filled. In 2022, it's up to you. And we thank you that, Father, we're making a conscious decision to follow you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, that's it. Is this the year where you're going to see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're going to allow God to move in your life? We would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.